0: Uh, One person, a uh, Shane Vanderhart says, for all of the liberal outrage, the Nashville Statement does not say anything new. It simply affirms ancient truth. All right, so maybe the best response. John Pavlovitz says, I have my own statement on the Nashville Statement. It could be lots of words, but honestly, I could probably narrow it down to just a finger. (laughs) (laughs) To episode sixty-one of Pub Theology Live, there's been a debate pre-show. Is this season three? Uh, maybe, or six,
1: four, or six,
0: or four. Whatever. Pub Theology Live is a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft root pint or maybe a fine wine. You can watch us live Tuesdays at nine p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com. And starting tonight, we're back weekly. You can listen of course anytime as always on soundcloud itunes or stitcher as well as the new thought channel on your roku or other streaming device tonight's episode as usual is brought to you by our official sponsors
1: and first up as usual casual priest maker of fine clergy duds out of sweden their clergy tops are tailored modern confident and stylish is your picture of you and your casual priest top still on the website brian I believe so. All right. Go check Brian out in his dashing outfit. Um, They are sponsoring our Casual Priest hotline. So you can call and leave a message um, and a question or something. We will debate it on the air. Talk about it. That number is 980-PT-Live0 or 980-785-4830. If you don't have letters on your phone, you leave a message and you will be entered for a chance to win free clergy apparel from Casual Priest. Or... You can hit us up on social media anytime. Please use the hashtag PTLive.
2: And our wine sponsor is Wink Wine Club. Wink, spelled W-I-N-C, features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at TryWink.com/slash PTLive for twenty dollars off your first order and other fine savings.
0: Back well. to you, Brian. <laughs> Thank you, Tina. And tonight we are back. Here we are. It was a good summer break, but it is time to tap like, tap into, once again, issues of life and faith and some of the latest happenings uh, in church and culture and the world around us. And we'll do it over a cold, perhaps, well, maybe a room temperature beverage. On this episode tonight, we'll get into a bit of the hubbub around the Nashville statement and talk hurricanes and weather and discuss if such natural disasters have a divine inspiration or message for us. My name is Brian Burkoff. I am the pastor of Holland UCC in Holland, Michigan. I've been facilitating Pub Theology Conversations for almost nine years and of the book, Pub Theology, Beer, Conversation, and God. And tonight I am once again drinking a Hoppily Ever After That uh, my friend Ken brewed for his daughter's wedding. So a little hoppy IPA homebrew action. And
1: with us, as usual, Ogan Holder and Tina Simmons. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Uh, how much of those Hopley Ever Afters you got socked away? Because it's been a while since we talked, and last time you were drinking that.
0: I just got a new six-pack dropped off. Oh, wow. So I I, I, re- I stocked
1: way. back up.
2: He's a good oh. friend.
1: Yeah, honeymoon's still going on, apparently. Um, I am... <laughs> Reverend Ogan Holder, senior minister yeah. of Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, um, author of Rants, The Revelations, unabashedly honest reflections on life, something, and the meaning of God. I forget that middle one. Um, look it up on Amazon. Anywho's um, glad to be back in this uh, on this podcast. Um, it was a long summer break. I am drinking a Sam Adams Summer Ale, one of my old standby favorites. I'm trying to. Uh, get down all the summer-ish bears that I have in my fridge as we are uh you know hurtling into the fall season. It's I'm in New England and it gets chilly fast, even though today's been a nice hot humid day. So summer ale lemon wheat. Drink it while you can.
2: So you have to start stocking up on the pumpkins is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I may not. I might skip the pumpkin this year. Yeah. Here
2: you. Cool. And this this is Tina Simmons, author of Xandrael being human, is overrated as T griffin. And tonight, I th- I'm going to throw you guys for a loop. I'm drinking green tea, but it does have fresh hops in it. Does that count?
0: Absolutely. No. Okay.
2: <laughs> go on <with> Brian's response.
0: <laughs> Already a difference of opinion. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Exactly. Ogan is straight up no. I'm not sure We were
2: that. We were wine tasting all weekend, so I'm kind of wined out right now.
1: There's beer, there's, you know, hard liquor. Hey, okay. I think she's, she, she is
0: thinking of a body cleanse, of her own liver, of her own comprehension yeah. for this conversation. Thank you.
1: Now, I also realize why she didn't remember to tell us about her trip. Why? Oh, should she, should she have been driving? Because all of that wine tape, oh.
0: <laughs> get it now.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was Saturday, what is it? Saturday and Sunday.
1: We're t- Teasing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow! Watch the pre-show for that one. Uh, we're just giving you a hug You can hug. tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen each other for a while, so a little
1: ribbing is needed. Well, we do this every night. I don't know. If I know. That. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> Brian, stops. I was telling some people about the podcast, and they asked me yeah. if we are on the Google Play Store yet, and I said, we're going to be working on that, so oh, we'll work on that. that... Yeah. We, how, how do we get on that? i don't know you got us on itunes you're the you're the techno. well yeah and on google play you can
0: get itunes or any podcast listener and we're on all of those so go to the google play store get soundcloud stitcher okay,
1: okay. right but i'm just saying like what do I
0: podcasts mean, go directly to google play i hadn't yeah, heard so of this.
1: google google play music i should say so google play you know they uh, have
0: now like, i got you google now i'm with you podcasts and
1: stuff and well, you it. figure out Spotify too because they do podcasts.
0: I will check out Google Play Music and TuneIn. There you because, go. You know, people people got to get
1: their Pub theology live. People I just
2: went on Google Music and I pull. I can pull up Pub theology.
1: You can. That looks like. Oh, YouTube. the videos. The videos. Yeah, Google it's
0: YouTube our YouTube podcasts. podcasts.
1: Edited podcasts. People. But not,
0: the, not the that's not, not the RSS feed of the audio.
1: Oh no, it's
2: just the videos. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Sorry, I derailed this.
0: Baby steps, baby Shocker. steps. So to to kick us off, it is September, friends. And our first question says, what is your favorite part about fall?
1: Go, teen. I'm drinking.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, I love everything about the fall. I love that the air gets crisp and sweaters and jeans come out. And they're like my favorite wardrobe and, you know, fires and just uh, everything. It's just a great time of year. It's fun. And my birthday's in September, let me remind you. Birthday month. We are officially you. in my birthday month.
1: Wait, when are you again? <laughs> I forget. 15th. What? When 17th. Is your... 17th. That oh, was close. Yeah. <clears throat> Joyce is the 22nd.
2: I will remember that.
1: Yes. And Winston, my son, is the 28th.
2: I knew I like that boy. See?
1: <laughs> it's a good month.
2: See? We, we both have event. church outside. We're both Virgos.
1: Wait, 28th is Virgo too? Oh, you're right. Oh. Right. That
2: would be whatever's after that Libra or something.
0: Yeah. Capricorn. Who knows?
1: Joyce 22 and she's right on the edge of being a Virgo. She's right on the cusp there. Dodged a bullet there. So anyway. Well,
0: I hear you about fall. Uh, I also uh, appreciate the things you mentioned. In fact, uh, did a little leaf raking this afternoon, had a little fire in the backyard to uh, get some sticks uh, cleaned up and, uh, the air is a little crisper here in Michigan already. You know, it's like here comes Labor Day and suddenly, ooh, highs in the 60s. I don't want to see that. I'm, I'm gonna, I want 70s and 80s through, you know, October. Really. I was
2: gonna say, uh, you're like the only one that has normal seasons anymore. It's 90 here.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. We got important. to, I think, 71 today. Wow. Yeah. We were in the 80s today, low 80s and very humid, which is unusual for here because Sunday was, Sunday was chilly. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, um, we had the reverse.
0: We had a warm Sunday
1: and a chilly Tuesday. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming this way. I think the remnants of Harvey maybe. Yeah. We'll talk about Harvey later. Um, fall, like, uh, I like, I only like two things about fall, really. Three if you count my daughter's birthday, but uh, two things. It, it is a pretty season with all the leaves changing color, although having that red-green color blindness thing I I know I'm missing out on some of it. You don't get it? yeah. (laughs) I don't get all of it. I get some of it. It's some of it. But the really, like, red leaves uh, that are turning and some are still green behind them, like, I miss out on a lot, I think. But what I can see, especially with the yellows and the oranges and stuff, especially up here in New England, it is is absolutely breathtaking. So I do like that. And I definitely rock fall outfits better than, you know, like, shorts and summery outfits i like layering layering is nice i can yeah you do
0: um
1: that's about it but for me fall signifies winter's coming and you know not to not to reference game of thrones but when winter (laughs) gets here it gets here hard and it stays a long time
0: (laughs) Uh, yes it does it's gonna be a long long winter well i have to say summer is my favorite season so part of me is quite sad when we turn the page to september and beyond but the only thing that sort of uh, ameliorates that a little for me is that it's college football season and uh, my Wolverines are off to a good start. Oh, so just, oh
2: that's the I'll other thing I love. That's the other thing I love is football.
1: When are you guys going to, like, on, on principle, jump the football bandwagon? Especially the college football bandwagon.
2: What hey. are you talking about? Listen, on... on
1: principle, you should not... If not Again, seeing- I don't
2: even watch can the I, games. I just hang I, out with people.
1: Can I get my Can I get my See? thing? Out? Can, I, can I say Sorry. my thing? Yes. Say my thing. Again, all these colleges making millions of dollars and coaches and people making millions and millions of dollars off the backs of these kids who get nothing, and they're all like, "Oh, they should be just happy they get to play, and we'll throw them a scholarship." One, not okay. I think that's unfair. Um, and second of all. Given what we know, and I throw boxing in this category as well, given what we know about the head injuries that are sustained from these sports, I think we're really gonna answer the question, do we should we still be saying, Yeah, go go play? I mean, I I, I love the life lessons that the that, that team sports teaches uh kids. Um, but I don't I don't know it's it's worth it. I mean, you know, that CTE study came out this summer and it was it was like it was it was unreal and they're showing that the effects are starting as early as kids playing in high school so that's Not just, surprising that's just yeah. my
2: piece. i mean you you throw hard helmets in there and the injuries get worse they're worse yeah. now than they were back when they just had those little leather beanie things
1: so anyways plus i don't understand the rules of the game so that's it too uh there is that, there is that. well
0: i hear everything you said but you know having gone to a big 10 school And, uh, you know, walking in Ann Arbor on a fall day with the leaves falling and the marching band going and the students wearing their maize and blue. It's just this it's just fall feels like college football to me. It's just part of the like life cycle and the seasonal change. And there's a school passion and it's fun and we tailgate and, you know, you get out the grill and you throw the football around. And it's not
1: only just a cultural thing, but it's pretty much a patriotic thing. Here. Oh, see, that's where I, I
2: stopped. There. You throw I that know. word around. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> what it's become, though, that's because you I live where from. the Patriots play football.
2: I know.
0: <laughs>
1: and, uh, and because it is patriotic, it's just a hop, skip, and jump to it becoming like almost a, wow. religious, a religious
0: Oh, thing. well, I'll claim the religious part of it more than the uh, patriotic <laughs> part of it.
1: But you know, tell someone you don't like football to tell you you're un American. Mm. It happens. We weren't supposed to be talking about this tonight.
2: I don't yep. know. We're
1: digressing,
0: but I'm going to bring us back to our next topic. So, speaking of the fall, um, oh, that's a bad segue. I know gr- the fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of yes, uh, a group of a co- coalition of conservative evangelical leaders came out with something called the Nashville Statement, and it was their beliefs very traditional conservative beliefs on human sexuality, opposition to same-sex marriage, uh, and what they see as fluid gender identity. And it's kind of uh, their response to what they see as a culture that's increasingly post-Christian. So they had to define what the Bible clearly says in their words about human sexuality and relationships. And some have come out and celebrated this statement. Others have responded as... um, This is not a helpful, in fact, very hurtful statement to uh, anyone who identifies as gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual. uh, And I think those folks have a lot of points. Uh, So wondering, are such statements needed, helpful, divisive, unnecessary? What do you think about it in general? And we can go into some specifics. but.
2: Well, my question, and I mean, it's has a lot to do with what you just said. My question is what was their purpose? Like what was their intended outcome of putting this out there? Because it's not a surprise that conservative Christians feel that way. So what what was their me, purpose? What were they I, hoping to get out of this?
1: Let me back you up and say I don't I don't I wouldn't say conservative Christians. This is an evangelical thing because there are some conservative Christians who are pushing back against this okay there are mainstream christians who are even not progressive who are pushing back against this as well so this is i'm, I'm going to narrow the feel a little bit and yeah. throw everybody under the bus um, no absolutely of
0: course there's always going to be you know um groups that identify with something like this and some that don't and there's going to be outliers in any of those groups right. uh, and there are evangelicals who don't agree with it
1: yes that's true who, who
0: don't who, who don't consider themselves <laughs> You know, conservative necessarily, but are LGBTQ affirming right. um, folks. Sorry, but I so, think- why why the statement Tina asked, and yeah. one of the things one of them said was that um, while the church, the Christian church, has held to a normative, what he calls a normative understanding of biblical sexuality for over two millennia, we now face challenges to biblical teaching that require an unprecedented level of specificity. So they see the cultural saying- shifts. Okay. So yes. So they see these one, cultural shifts and say they, we need to respond because our culture is embracing uh, a more open view toward human sexuality and relationships and gender identity, and they don't feel comfortable with that. And they think the Bible's clear on it, so it's time to come out and okay. specifically affirm what they believe the Bible says.
2: Okay. So so they're saying that what how they interpret the Bible is the correct way, and
1: everybody else is yes. interpreting it
2: incorrectly.
0: Yes. Correct. Okay.
1: Correct. Y'all know
2: how I feel about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: tell us. Tell us. Please. Just (laughs) three.
2: It's it's interpretation. It has been written over and over in so many different languages, and there's so many versions to sit there and say that you know verbatim 100% how to interpret this, you know, Book that's been around for thousands of years. Like, this is that's just insane to me. Like, it's arrogant to me. It's extremely arrogant.
1: It is, it is very arrogant. And I think for me, the arrogance is not in them saying this is their interpretation. Like, everyone's, I believe, um, um, welcome to have their opinion about how they perceive the Bible. How they define Christianity, how they have a relationship or understand God. Everyone's entitled to their own belief. My issue with this whole thing is them coming out and say that anyone else who is not a f- adherent to this is not a true Christian.
2: Is wrong, I, yes.
1: Yeah. Right. And and that's that's the main issue I have with this because Christianity is a very broad spectrum. And if you study the history of Christianity. They have always been from the earliest days of the Christian church, they've always been a multiplicity of Christianities. There's never been one. So to go and make this declaration, and many and much of and a lot of what they say, I think is 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 again not biblically supportive. So like, like right from the beginning, they say we affirm that God designed marriage to be a conventional sexual, procreative, lifelong union of one man and one woman. And when you look and you read the bible like marriage has very rarely been between one man and one woman it's usually between like one man <laughs> and four to eight women wow. you know i mean how many wives why why do you, know? you have to go reading the bible that's unhelpful <laughs> i'm just saying like did they read did they actually read the scripture before they like came up with this idea
2: we hey, did
1: not that god. god has designed marriage to be a homosexual polygamous or polyamorous relationship. I'm like what the polygamous part again? I mean, it's how many right
2: in there. <laughs>
1: did the characters in the bible have? You know, many of whom many of whom were god's chosen people. You know, so it's 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 I just, you know, yeah, got got issues with the whole thing. Not to mention you know, well, you're missing the whole historical context of why these things were written at the time they were written.
2: And uh, Ogan, wasn't that the, what they quoted? Wasn't it from the Old Testament?
1: Um, I mean, there wasn't any specific quote, but um, but a lot of a lot of well, it comes from all over. You know,
0: it does. It does. I mean, they're they're going right to Genesis, uh, first book of the Bible and of the Jewish scriptures, which talks about God created um, man and woman, and that what God has joined together you know, no one should tear apart. So they're they're going back to Genesis. And by doing that, they're saying it's part of the created order or the way God made the world for a man and a woman to be together. And you've heard the old idiotic statement, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, uh, which is, you know, we've heard that too much. Um, But then they'll also quote Leviticus, which has prohibitions seemingly against homosexuality. But again, the concept The word is being translated there, and the concept at that time is not at all analogous, or not uh, identical, or to be conflated with what we term um, same-sex relationship today. And and they ignore most of the prohibitions in Leviticus and say, "Well, that was cultural for then." Oh, but this one actually is still holds true today.
1: A lot of pick and choosing in the literalism and anytime you start article three for example you start a statement that says we affirm that god created adam and eve the first human beings you're just making yourself sound silly like <laughs> well i, yeah. I hear here
0: because because they're claiming this sort of literalistic reading and of bible history is that why
1: yeah i had a fun i had a fun faith so there was this thing going around uh um on facebook where you could sign a statement uh um in opposition to this you know you can yeah
0: yeah saw a few of those uh, yeah
1: yeah and i had a I'm, i've been i've been engaging a fun facebook interchange with someone in that in that yeah little friend from barbados who is who is oh yeah who, uh, wanted to wanted to stick to that literalism around the homosexuality point while ignoring right. any other literalism that comes along you know with quote unquote what god wants and what god doesn't want
0: yeah and i so one of those statements that was written uh which we mentioned in pre-show was by house of all house for all sinners and saints in denver called the denver statement it echoed that point that god created humanity out of that repetition of that sort of literalistic reading of genesis i'm like ah, okay i agree with just about everything you're saying but you need to throw that in there yeah you, I, I don't need that but some do
1: some 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 do so again, again, and my other issue with this is stuff like this is why people are not showing up to churches, why less and less people oh, yeah. are not walking into churches. Yeah. This stuff comes out and and they say, all right, then we're done with church because Christianity equals church. And if Christianity equals this nonsense, we're not walking into churches. And it makes it hard for the rest of us who have a much more open, accepting, broader uh, understand an interpretation of what it means to be Christian it, it it makes it hard for us to 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 make our points um, I wrote a, a blog post about this last week where I said you know for many years I distanced myself from the word Christianity because of this I didn't want to be associated with this kind of crazy crazy making um, but yeah. I've come full circle about that um, you know and one of my main inspirations for that was the late Marcus Borg who talked about we've got to reclaim the Christian language. We've got to be yes. clear to say that there are there are other there are other interpretations of Christianity that don't subscribe to this and they're just as valid. And we who subscribe to those shouldn't hesitate to say, Hey, I too fall under this massive tent that is called Christianity. But here's here's yes. my interpretation of it. And my interpretation of it says God loves you. Period.
2: <laughs> why, but why do you have to reclaim the, yeah. the verbiage? I mean, wh- why? Because there's plenty of verbiage out there that you could use. Like, fine, they want it that bad, let them have it. Call yourselves Jesus followers, call yourselves, you know, the teachings of Jesus. Like, why, why this battle to, to claim the title Christian?
0: Good question. Good question. And and I saw you know uh, someone who said you know if they want to if they want to say that you have to sign the Nashville Statement to be a Christian, uh, then I'll happily not use that term. And and I see exactly what you're saying, but I also feel like I don't want to let others define uh, yeah. for all time what a certain um, term means. That I feel a part of that tradition. So I, I feel like by trying to claim it, it's trying to say there's space for us too. And as Ogan said, the whole history of Christianity is a history, not just of earliest Christianity, but earliest Christianity's plural, which more and more scholars uh, affirm and and write about. Hey, hey, there's there's more than one kind of Christian. There's conservative, progressive, uh, evangelical, uh, Catholic, uh, Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox,
1: uh, in all the myriad denominations, right and and it's the same thing in in Buddhism. there are many different schools of Buddhism, you know, do they fight like this? Uh, some do yeah. some of some of them are some of them are very uh, some of them are very uh, vocal about this way being what Buddha really taught and others are like, no, it's this way. you know we got we got, we got Buddhists who are, you know yeah. about um um you know releasing attachments and sitting and meditating you got buddhists who are about uh, uh very affirmative uh action in the real world you have some buddhists who are like violent they actually have violent buddhists up there who are like yeah we gotta be in action and it's okay to use violence in some situations so so you have this plethora uh, uh, across the plane uh you know of interpretations that's okay
2: what use, it's okay to use violence as long as you have inner peace
1: exactly yeah exactly. Exactly right. I, I am at peace. I am a. I am at peace about swinging this machete. <laughs> you know. Oh um, man! But but for me, that's for me. That's that's a good thing. Plu, uh, pl- plurality. Pl- what's the word I'm trying to say, Brian? Yeah,
0: plurality or uh, pluralism or diversity within a tradition. That's, I think is a healthy thing.
1: It is. It is. It is a. It is a healthy thing. It is a healthy thing. And uh, again, Christianity is. You know, when you look at the definition of Christianity, it's it's a religious movement based on the teachings of jesus um and there are gazillion ways to interpret the teachings some are
0: very loosely based i think some are very
1: very loosely based and And again throwing
0: paul as really the chief uh the chief uh describer and definer of
1: yeah, I got tons of issues with Paul too. But again, uh, uh, you know the the. Yeah. But we also got to remember that the "quote unquote" person who we hold up as a central figure in Christianity himself was not a Christian, was just, was a person who was seeking wow. to bring a little bit more, uh, I would say, human clarity and empathy to to the Jewish way of life. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah. And same thing. Same thing with Buddhism. Buddha. Buddha was not about starting a new movement. He was. Again, bringing another interpretation, I, I did to, to Hinduism because Buddha was a Hindu. He was not Buddhist, so, so, yeah, so in-
0: yes, kind so of convenient when your like when your founder doesn't even belong to the tradition you've created.
1: Exactly. Wonder what they will call it after I'm gone. Mm, yes. My
2: goodness. Yes. yes,
1: the God of Iron. <laughs> <There you laughs> go. Steelworks.
0: So. So the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, Reverend Albert Moeller, Jr., he said the National Statement is actually an expression of love for same-sex attracted people. And I think he says that by saying we're bringing them God's truth. So because we love them, we're telling them the truth
1: about how God feels about them. How does that, how does that strike you? So um, to give a little more insight, Article 8... You got to love it. Article 8 reads, we affirm that people who experience sexual attraction for the same sex may live a rich and fruitful life pleasing to God through faith in Jesus Christ as they, like all Christians, walk in purity of life. And we deny that sexual attraction for the same sex is part of the natural goodness of God's original creation or that it puts a person outside the hope of the gospel. So in other words, you can still be okay as long as you stop being gay.
2: Or suppress it or deny it, like
1: right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so, so In other words, we're not we're not saying you're a bad person because you know we're all sinners and everybody sins. So, you know, as long as you stop sinning that homosexual thing, you can you can rich you can live a rich and fruitful life pleasing to God.
0: I I love that. Just and I, a priest. <laughs> I saw others say, yeah, you know quick to like, say evangelicals who support this are quick to say we're all sinners but we felt the need to write a whole statement against you special class of sinners yeah <laughs> exactly. like, come on. who are you kidding
2: we're all sinners but but we're more special than you are <laughs>
1: exactly oh my gosh <laughs> you're sending for oh. Um so yeah, wow. so i I'm not quite sure like I, a statement of love is like just a ridiculous stretch of interpretation well, and that I mean, it's it
0: honestly, that's what certain views of Christian faith do is that they make people act in ways they believe are motivated by love. they'll say, we love you, which is why we need to tell you why you're such a heretic or why you're so far from God or why the life you're living is going to lead you straight to hell. But I'm telling you all these things cause I love you. But of course they don't realize that you're, they're saying a lot of things that are um, pers- personally hurtful and that are, um, so, critical and unhelpful ways.
1: And sounds like my job. Re- sounds like my job review. We love you, but
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, oh my it's my manipulation, gosh. you know, and somebody manipulated them into believing it. now they're manipulating other people. and. It's, I mean, people use that to, you know, beat their kids and, you know, keep their wives in line. I love you, but you're a sinner and I need to, you know, show you, correct you, show you the way. And it's
1: So it's funny insane. you should mention that. This is the same organization a few years earlier, which came out about which came out with a previous statement about what a good Christian marriage is, which, which includes husbands being the head of their household and wives basically being submissive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know that whole thing about complementary to your husband right. which means you know all the...
2: complementary does not mean submissive
1: well i listen that's a, of the, way, yeah. of the that's choir, you know but that's 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 what it that's what it was uh, so this is that same organization so yeah. so
0: there were some reactions of course uh, on twitter uh, one person a uh, shane vanderhart says for all of the liberal outrage The Nashville Statement does not say anything new. It simply affirms ancient truth.
2: (laughs) It simply affirms how these people feel and we know they exist.
0: (laughs) So, I liked what Father James Martin, uh, Jesuit priest, uh, you know, from The the Colbert Show or from his own writings. All right. So Father James Martin said, "R.E. the Nashville Statement? I affirm that God loves all LGBT people. I deny that Jesus wants us to insult, judge, or further marginalize them. There so go. that was a great... Nice.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. And by the way, you can just say re, you don't have to say R-E, you don't have to spell it. Really? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah you say re, you don't have to spell it. Out. I never say re, I say R-E.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, it just sounds weird.
1: Or you could say regarding. It sounds weird to spell it. Not the point, Ogan. stay focused. Not the point. Um, but yes, it's it's that... Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy talk. And again, it's... Oh. It's 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 trying to I think hold on to something. Um and, and for me, if you're ever holding on to something that tightly, it means you're afraid. Mm-hmm. So the question I would have to ask them is yes. what, what is what is the fear here that is inspiring you to continue to discriminate, to push people away?
2: Um, I would think it's that they're afraid homosexuality is gonna take over and they're wipe out completely wipe out their lifestyle which is you know really far fetched and crazy but i mean I, that's all i can think is we have survival instincts and oh. they're thinking that their way of, of living is you know going to the wayside and they'll never be able to their their ch- grandchildren won't be able to live this way
1: listen i've met people who are very out happy gay evangelicals you can be gay and evangelical <laughs>
2: I'm not arguing with you. i'm I'm saying from yeah. their perspective that's that's what I would think yeah. they're thinking.
1: I don't know. it's it's bizarre. It is right very-
0: well, well, one tweet that I thought uh, was maybe onto something uh, Brian McLaren tweeted, Need a popular way to avoid talking about race and greed. Keep focusing on sex.
2: Mm. Nice.
0: There you
1: go. Need Good. a way to distract us from the fact that we said that the uh, Donald Trump was our president.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Totally. And of course this comes right on the heels of Charlottesville and all this stuff, uh with you know, race and white supremacy. And it's like, Really? You're gonna do this now? Uh and somebody
1: tweeted uh at Godgirl. Uh, I the auditorium was already booked, and they weren't getting a refund.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kathleen Falsani says, "Really, evangelicals with all the pain, chaos, and cataclysm right now—you thought now was the time for this crap?" Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of good responses on the Twitter. As I Man. You to when,
1: when, to when you book out. an auditorium, those refunds are killer. You just, you just got to go with it.
2: <laughs> they could, they could have had a different kind of party.
1: <laughs> they could have, but. Uh, Anyways. All right.
0: All right. So maybe the best response. John Pavlovitz says, I have my own statement on the Nashville statement. It could be lots of words, but honestly, I could probably narrow it down to just a finger. (laughs) Nice. That's pretty cool. All right. So, um, well, we all know what's been happening uh, in Texas and Louisiana with the flooding due to Hurricane Harvey. And of course, one person who got some flack was Joel Osteen, pastor of a megachurch in Houston, for not opening his church's doors, even though he's got this huge facility. And uh, partly he said, you know, no one asked him to open it. And then he's told those affected to not have a poor old me attitude. (laughs) He literally said that this past Sunday during his sermon.
2: Oh, my gosh wow
1: he's an interesting no
2: empathy dude
1: (laughs) no i i legitimately have some mixed feelings about this um um, which is one of them is 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 this um he was his church was not the only one closed that sunday or for a couple days afterwards right Uh, there were a lot of other churches unity churches included that had some flooding and i think uh, if I'm the minister and there's this kind of stuff happening, I'm I would err on the side of not putting my employees at risk by saying, "Hey, you know, come through a hurricane or come through the floodwaters to open our doors," necessarily. Now um so that's that's one aspect of it okay sure um they've shown pictures inside the church where you know they had a flood wall and and the water was rising up to the flood wall and they weren't sure if the water was gonna stay behind the flood wall and you don't want to open up your place and bringing people in the place itself floods um so there's that there's also the fact that that i'm I'm gonna give them the benefit of of the doubt when they said they were in contact with local authorities and said if you need our place We'll make it available. Let us know when you need it. And they weren't told, we need your place till a couple days afterwards. So there's there's that. Um, On the flip side, I think a lot of this could have been mitigated if they had led with this and said this, you know, come out and said this early on and said, hey, you know what? We're going to open our doors. We have, but we have this process. We have this plan in place and we're not going to endanger you know, the hundreds of our employees who work here as well. Um, so so for me, it's one of these things where given the size of them and how much publicity they do, yet have thought they would have known enough to get ahead of the story because they have this massive place. Um, so that's one side. The other side of the argument is, dude, you're not helping yourself by saying what you said, <laughs> like you're, yeah. just, you're just making it worse.
2: Well, the fact that this statement came out later just makes it sound false. You know, it sounds like them scrambling, trying to make excuses and save face.
1: And what have been well, interesting was would have been, you know, would they have done what they did if there wasn't the public outcry? We'll never know, but it does, it does beg, it does beg question.
0: And and Joel Austin is a target. I mean, people are looking to criticize him for anything. So, you know, I. I appreciate, Ogan. you saying, well, let's, let's try to look at the fuller story and maybe give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe there's more going on than we're aware of. But during his sermon this past Sunday, he did say, we're not going to understand everything that happens, but you know, having a poor old me mentality or look what I lost or why did this happen, that's just going to pull you down. You've just got to turn it over and say, God, you're still on the throne.
1: Now again i see some viral. I, I can't believe i'm the one coming off as the, like the joel Olsen defender here and i'm not defending what he said straightforward but there is something to this to even in the midst of severe loss and tragedy um yes you 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 have your response you know someone close to you dies you, you lose people in a, in a in a horrific thing like this there's gonna be a grief response there's gonna be shock there's gonna be all of that right. get that it's gonna be anger yeah.
0: towards god or the and universe.
1: and and but but it's not you, you don't stay in that space you move on now here's the thing though his time in is horrible you don't see... wait too soon <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Wait, not just not even just the timing, because he could have, he could have, it was the presentation, he could have done that so much better, if it would have started with an empathetic response, instead yes. of a defensive one.
1: Exactly. If he would
2: have been like, I know a, a lot of you have lost your homes and things and people and you know, it's okay to sit to sit with that for a minute, but don't get lost in it. If he would have said it that way, it would have been a different story.
1: Or, you know, preach that sermon three Sundays from now, like, you know, after the waters have receded and people are like are over the initial shock of what happened and trying to pull things together. That's when you do that speech. That's when you give the lift up speech. You don't give it in right. the midst of, you know, water still waist deep. Like, you know, the speech you give then is you meet the people where they're at in terms of empathy and and. Yeah and stuff like that so so again just just poor timing of delivery but i i have nothing wrong with i i have no issues with the content of the sermon i got issues with the timing you gotta know the timing and that's just Ah. poor timing this whole thing around that church has been just massively poor timing
0: i mean you could say that it's sort of a a job response right like that he's advocating like job went through in the biblical story all, all kinds of tragedy and yet he wouldn't turn on god and say god this is your fault or god how could you do this so you could say maybe there's a biblical precedent for what austin is encouraging but i agree that the timing is terrible and i and i actually would take issue with it i i don't think it's it's empathetic or
1: and, and bra- accurate
0: sorry. but it also it i mean to be fair he ended the sermon by saying, "I know a lot of you have lost a lot, uh, but we're going to pass the plates because my bi-weekly seven $700,000 paycheck has to go through. <laughs> so just to make sure that, just to make sure that's still on schedule, if you could all just—I know you've lost a lot, but come on."
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see, him, <laughs> I don't hit, see him personally saying, "I'm going to donate a million dollars," like other CEOs have done, some other athletes have done, yeah, to
2: help the people in my own church. <laughs> You know, to help the you people know. in my own area. Um, but back to Job, though, Brian, like, OK, yeah, Job never blamed God, but he certainly mourned. He tore his clothes well, and he, he cried yeah. out. So he had time to mourn. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. like, no, he... that's right. He did.
2: That's, that's
1: look at Tina throwing down the Bible knowledge. That's impressive. I, I, like that.
2: I know some stories. Yeah. I <laughs> I knew that thing back and forward when I was, up, up tell I was about a teenager.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So yeah, that's that's my whole issue with with him and that thing. But but when I did see, you know, uh, to your point, Brian, about him being a target and people ripping into him, you know, yeah. it's 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 a weird this whole prosperity gospel thing. It's it's a weird dichotomy in terms of um, you, you know, as a minister, I do believe that yes, if we follow um, principles. That, yes, our life is going to be abundant. The abundance is not limited to money, of course. The abundance yes. includes things like fulfilling relationships and um, and and health in your you know physical you. health and all these kinds of things. Yeah. Not limited to money. The issue with the prosperity gospel is it seems to put the focus on the money. Yeah. And and, and here are these the very, material possessions. Yes, these very visible ministers and preachers and pastors, uh, you know, enjoying this exuberant wealth which is pretty much all given by people hoping to replicate that life that their ministers and their pastors are living. Um, And, you know, when you do your research on him, yes, they do a lot of good. But again, one has to be careful about how one delivers that message, especially, especially at times like these. That's right. That's right
2: when when you have the ability to go to another city and stay there until everything's over or you know do whatever when somebody lost lost all their possessions and they have 500 bucks in their savings account yeah it's a little different and i and i get the abundance mentality i totally do but i also think that being in the flow when you do have an exuberant amount of abundance you're responsible for for helping others you know you're responsible for taking care of others too not at your own expense but I mean, or you know, it's in the flow. No, in some
1: cases, at your pers- own personal expense, if you can afford well, it. I
2: don't mean no. Well, I don't mean like, um, oh, I can't buy that second car because I have to help people. I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to eat for a week because I want to help somebody else who doesn't have food. You know what I
1: mean? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I There's mean, some, someone may choose to do that, but yeah, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and I, I agree that that you know there is a. Uh, invitation to having an abundance mentality that i think can be healthy and and balanced and and in the right way that i think might echo even some of uh what jesus is teaching us about a healthy spiritual approach and and a way of seeing god's world as as providing what we need it's just in our capitalist society with such a division uh between haves and have-nots and with people abusing that ideology as we've said, into a sort of a more prosperity gospel, you've really got to nuance it and you got to know your audience and you got to know what's appropriate and when it's appropriate to, to talk in that way. But you also don't want to promote a scarcity mentality, right, that, oh, there's never enough and we're never going to make it and we can never, you know. So I think sharing that mentality in the context of community and relationships and people looking out for each other and people helping each other when it's needed that's yep. a healthy abundance yeah. approach. Not a if you just pray enough or give online enough, God's going to bless you financially. That's bullshit. Yeah.
2: Well, and there and I think because our society is the way it is, there's a very slippery slope between preaching the abundance mentality and worshiping money. And I think a lot of people say they're on one side and they're really on the other because yep. if you have an abundance mentality, you have no problem giving up you know, a million, like you said, him giving up a million dollars to help these people because he knows it's coming back to him. You know? Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And to your point, Brian, when you when you were talk, uh, sharing the topics at the beginning of the show, you know, you mentioned uh, the hurricanes and such natural disasters have a divine message or inspiration. Yeah. I, I think that's the divine message and inspiration, how we come together to give, to serve, yeah. to help each other out after the fact, not in the storm itself
2: yes it's, it shows your true character too
1: yeah in in in, in so many ways so many
0: ways. yeah and so i think like any difficult thing you can say in the midst of any uh challenging thing or even tragedy certainly it's a time of testing and there are things we learn but that's a different thing than saying that god did this so that you would learn it or god did this for a greater good, like. That's always a hard thing yeah. to say to
1: someone in the midst of suffering, maybe even a very inappropriate thing to say. It is inappropriate. Yeah. Again, that's, that's a lesson three, four or five weeks down the road. And not the lesson is this happens. So yeah. you learn. Right. Well, the the message is that this happened because God trying to teach you something. This, yeah. happened. what is it that you might be able to learn from this in, yeah. in you know, to turn that around. But again, a little yeah. bit, a little bit later, but, but yeah, that's down the road. In that's the middle of the, the
0: suffering, road. you have to acknowledge the suffering, be present, create space for lament and grieving.
1: And yeah, uh, you know, and a, and a basic formula is the more severe the tragedy, the further down the road you are. That's, right. that. that's right, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's right, that's <laughs> right. You know,
0: although uh, Pastor Kevin Swanson, I'm not familiar with him, but he he uh made a statement on why. Uh, Harvey struck Texas and Houston in particular. He said, it's interesting that the city of Houston, which apparently he said there was a very, very, very aggressively pro-homosexual mayor active until 2016. Jesus sends the message home. Unless Americans repent, unless Houston repents, they will all likewise perish. That's the message that the Lord Jesus Christ is sending home right now to America. Is America listening?
2: Wait, I'm sorry. So after... The minister. I mean, after the mayor left, this happened.
1: I know. Yes. <laughs> That's what
2: I'm not picking up on.
1: It's because God holds a grudge. <laughs> this is this is what happens. I don't I'm often. Sorry. I don't often hope that you know lightning strikes. <laughs> but <laughs> this, dude need, this dude needs a lightning bolt on his car or something. This is like ridiculous.
2: Oh no, because he would just turn it around to work it to his advantage
1: i'm i'm sure there's so much wrong
2: this happened to me because you people
0: i don't know where to begin and then of course uh, everybody's least favorite political commentator ann coulter tweeted i don't believe hurricane harvey is god's punishment for houston electing a lesbian mayor but she said that is more credible than quote climate change
2: (gasps) oh my gosh
1: (laughs) oh my
0: gosh how is that more credible
1: God, let's, let's
0: it, of course it's not. Oh my god! What gosh. planet are you on? I don't, I
1: don't call people names often, but that she's in that job and and I I I honestly like throw her into the same category of people like Alex Jones, where they make these really yes. outlandish, outrageous statements simply to stay in the public eye. Yeah, and you, know, and you know what? And honestly,
0: I'm kind of sorry I even included. I'm sorry I even
1: don't be that sorry of, well, you know.
0: But it's out there, and I know people who watch and listen to her. And they're like, uh, yeah,
2: she's right.
0: And they, yeah, and they're like, yeah, I think she's on to something. Wow. It's,
1: it's all its all crazy talk. So back to that pastor. Again, people like this giving Christianity a bad name. I mean, you know, what's implicated in this is that, yes, God holds a grudge, that, yes, Jesus controls the weather, and God makes the weather happen. Um, and we're going to... And and by that logic, you know what happened to what about all the other towns, cities, states that were affected that didn't have, you know, a gay mayor or gay leadership? Like, well, they were probably
0: secretly about to pass some pro gay legislation.
1: <laughs> like, there's so much crazy with that statement. And the scary thing is, um, my understanding is he's got a he's got a fairly large audience. Like, this is like. Doesn't fact that there are folks who are suspending like rational logical thought to buy into this is unbelievable are and... they
2: suspending or they'd lack it
1: no they're they're suspended because anyone who came through a public school system knows how hurricanes are formed they know... uh, I don't think he's a public school product not him <laughs> oh yeah he's definitely a homeschool kid <laughs> said no. the dad who
2: homeschooled his kid
1: <laughs> i homeschool my child but not for not for religious indoctrination reasons okay oh, that.
2: not to hide them from the reality of the world
1: yeah, exactly no, no.
2: hey i have to tell you um i was listening to the radio on my very long drive today and i happened upon this one station and the guy was talking and i i just had to stop and listen because it was just so outlandish this whole immigration um act where they're you know trying to ship all the kids he he said that um the liberal or the democrats are are using loving and caring about these kids as a guise that they don't really care about them at all they just know that they're that these kids are all going to be democrats someday so they're trying to keep them here this was on a public radio station
1: yes i know
2: you've heard that like i was baffled by that logic <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, no, that was that was that was one of the arguments from the time President Obama signed this thing to oh grant gosh. amnesty to kids who were brought in below a certain age that he's trying to, like, you know, get these have have votes that this is why he's doing it.
2: Because that five year old.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that five year old becomes 18. They, they, they will never change their mind about anything. That is uh,
0: that mentality. Makes me so sad. Like it makes it all about the political game and winning and elections. And it's like, what? We're talking about human beings yeah. who are alive and trying to make a life. And we're trying to support them in that and embrace uh the sojourner or the stranger or the foreigner as the Bible instructs us literally hundreds of times to do.
2: Yeah. But people with that mentality though, like obviously like how you the things you say and how you think about other people are how you would react. So it really makes me sad that all these people have that such a lack of empathy that they think nobody else has empathy either. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think it's continually uh, it's going to continue to make it difficult for evangelicals to continue saying we support Trump as our president because he keeps doing things that go against, as Brian was mentioning, you know, the, the, the biblical idea of welcoming the stranger and bringing the stranger in and taking care of the stranger that stuff that's riddled through the old testament is stuff that's riddled through the new testament you know these are biblical principles and something that trump himself supported a few years ago you know he himself came out and said we shouldn't be sending these young people who come and go to school and get good grades and and are part of productive workforce Mm -hmm. so here we are now so again you know it's it's Um, I had a I had a conversation with someone today who was very distressed about all these things. Oh, he's like, you know, we're about to to go to thermonuclear war with North Korea. Trump's wanting to send people away. He's banning military and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I said, you know what? This is a time where we really have to let the facts inform our feelings, because for all the noise that, you know, our president's been making for all the crazy outlandish things he's been tweeting, for all the executive orders he keeps trying to sign, what has actually happened? Okay, so, you know. A lot
2: we still of have, tweeting.
1: They'll have the Affordable <laughs> Health Care Act. <laughs> right, we still have the Affordable Health Care Act. The the Muslim travel ban has been like severely reduced to next to nothing. You know, yeah. he tweeted about banning in the military to which the commanders have said, yeah, we're not doing anything until they actually give us a plan, not just saying it, you know. so So despite all the bluster what's actually happening for the most part is that sound logic and reason <laughs> and seems to be still prevailing. So I'm not really in this well freaking out yet.
0: I, I hear you. I think that's a great point to just, you know, not jump over the edge, but also what his language uh, is doing is empowering are racist, xenophobic elements as a society. And so we're going to see events more and more, I think, until we get a change of national leadership, like happened in Charlotte. And then he comes out and, and says there's very fine people who are among those white supremacists. I mean, you just can't say that, you know, unless you want a whole lot more violence against... Well, uh, Black and brown and immigrants and refugees. I mean, he's he's empowering
1: it. Here's how I think that whole thing is going. The rise in these white supremacist groups, nationalist groups, really started under President Obama because they lost their loving minds that we had a brown president. Okay, So all these groups started, but most of them were under the radar. Now Trump's been elected and they're coming out to light. We can see them. We know who they are now. Yep. And for the vast majority of this country, both on right and left, are saying that's not who we are. That's not who we want to be. So that's why you had Charlottesville, but yep. every every demonstration that they've tried to have since Charlottesville has not come about. Here in Boston, like they, that's a good point. They tried to have another demonstration, you know, and like forty thousand people came out to say, no, we're not gonna yeah. tolerate. That kind of stuff. It was canceled, and one after that was canceled, even before it happened. You know, so it's that's a great call. So, so I think as more of them come out into the light and try to be empowered, the rest of the the rest of who this country is is going to say, no, that's not who we are. You, 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 your your ideology has no place here, and we're going to be clear that you know about it. So including
0: think- a lot of conservatives like some of these corporate executives who said, I'm not gonna be on anything that president this president is doing.
2: Okay, okay, but what do you do with these people then? You're not gonna change their minds. No, you're um, not. So what you do mean you mean the, with the them?
0: people who are
1: the
2: white supremacists
0: or the neo Nazis? Yeah. yeah,
2: like they're know, still part of us.
1: There's nothing you can do other than, you know, now that we know who they are and we see them, we don't elect them to public office. know, we work
2: on the next generation,
1: (laughs) but again, now that they're out, the voices that are 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 against that ideology are becoming louder and more visible. They're no longer in secret. They felt emboldened to come out. So the more visible they are, the more that we can say again, this is not who we are. And eventually, eventually there's going to be a fading away. People will yeah. be scared to join their ranks. And the fascinating thing that about this, I read this article about how for them, you know, for for a lot of you know, these alt-right white nationalist neo-Nazis, it's it's interesting how they ignore the fact that very, very few of them are actually like like pure Aryan or pure white. Like they do <laughs> they did genetic tests and they're like, you know, 20%. Yeah. Native American, Native American, 10% yeah, ten percent African American. There's because there's you know, and some of them are conveniently ignoring it. Some of them are saying, "Oh, it doesn't matter what what you actually are. It's where your intention is." And I mean, it's like, yeah. hello, oh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of like laughable. Yeah, and I okay. think that what is going to happen is as they become more emboldened and come out, they're going to realize, hey, no one's actually like. Joining us here, no one's hopping on this bandwagon. We thought we'd be, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands strong now, and it turns out that there are more and more people who are speaking out against us. They're gonna fade back into either nothingness or into the shadows again. Um, and no, we, we don't won. want
2: them in the shadows, yeah. We want to work yeah. that. That's so, such an unhealthy mentality that it's such a disease to our country.
1: But this is humanity, there's a, 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 as long yeah, as humans you're right. existed, there's always gonna be people you know like like that um but the important thing is the rest of us mean be clear about who we are be a peaceful but loud voice for who we are Mm -hmm. um and be clear that that's not the direction uh we want to go and as somebody pointed out in charlottesville especially i uh i was i forget who this who this was that said this but they were like this is an uh an african-american person and they said I had some really mixed feelings of comfort by the fact that most of the people who were marching against the Nazis were white. <laughs> they
0: were like, yeah,
1: you know. Yeah. But it was a, it was an awesome thing to see when you look at that crowd. Yeah. The vast majority of the people who were marching against, you know, the white nationalists were white themselves. Which says, yeah, this not just us minorities who are saying no to this. It's this is it's yes. bigger than us. Yeah.
0: exactly, exactly. Wow. Well, uh, I. Thanks, Ogan. I think I was steering this episode and all our listeners to a very dark place, and I think you just kind of brought us back. So thank you for that. So the dark
1: man brought you to the light. Is that what you're trying to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: your words, your words. So any any final thought, friends? As we've talked about, um, you know these these statements. well, the statement that came out about human sexuality and so as supposed the Christian or biblical view, we've talked about that. Uh, we've talked about others saying, "No, nah, not so fast." We've talked about uh, the hurricane and flooding and uh, other things happening in our society uh, in regards to race and so forth. So, any any final thought?
2: Yeah, my final thought is uh, no matter how you were raised, uh, you get to make your own choices. So, you know, it may be hard to walk against the grain, but go out and educate yourself beyond um, your little world.
1: Well said. Mm. Um, I would add for all those who may be personally affected by such statements because they are gay or transgender and they are in the evangelical community, um, please know that there is a wide, there are many areas of safe space along the Christian spectrum. They are evangelicals who are open. They are conservative Christians who are open. They're progressive Christians. They're even us new thought. Christians on the fringe here of Christianity who Mm. are open Mm -hmm. and welcoming and accepting and and non-judging. So so as much as I would like to say, yes, stay and fight that battle to reform where you are. If it's not yours to do, there is safe space out there. Go find your safe space that you can have a, a, a relationship with God of your understanding and not be judged for who you are and advanced prayers for those who are going to be in the path of hurricane Irma. That thing is now a category five. It is streaking across the Atlantic. Um, they don't know where it's going to hit landfall, but it's looking for Florida. And, and mm-hmm. the thing is, if it goes over Florida, it will likely re-strengthen um, in the, you know the gulf there uh, and possibly hit texas again just when you're you know barely beginning to dry out so so that's the whole other thing that is yeah that's that's going to be heart heartbreaking
0: absolutely well well said by both of you and i've got nothing to add i echo them both so thank you friends for tuning in and uh joining us once again as we uh kick this show on the road once again please look forward to joining us uh tuesdays at 9 eastern if you want to join us live but of course you can listen anytime on soundcloud stitcher or itunes to Pub theology live and uh, please connect and spread the word on social media rate us on uh, itunes or whatever you're listening through soundcloud you can leave comments on soundcloud we have people doing that check it out and if you want to have a conversation like this in the flesh with some people in your neighborhood at your local brewery or pub you can uh, find uh, on the pub theology national directory at pubtheology.com a conversation near you and if not you'll find resources to start your own and thanks again to our sponsors wink wine club who you'll find at trywink.com pt live that's wink with a c and casual priest who you'll find at casualpriest.com so until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.
2: Hey guys, I'm going to check out because I'm starving.
0: yeah get your get the rest of your dinner great to have you tina
2: have a good night guys it was fun again
0: it it was fun (laughs) it was fun fun. we'll see you
2: all right peace out